All right, welcome to Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris, and I'm pleased to have with me today Matthew Garnett. Matthew, thank you for joining me for this discussion. Sure. Um, you, you are the individual, and I, and I knew this was you when this was happening, but right. you write for The Federalist, and you put out an article after Resolution 9 that kind of went viral, and yeah. you, you analyzed it. I thought you did a fantastic job, but uh, I want to analyze some things that happened this week in the convention. And um, before we get started on that, though, uh, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Uh, I know you write for The Federalist, but what else do you do? Where can people find you? Yeah, um, you can uh, find our work at laymanstermsradio.org. That's, um, that's my podcast in layman's terms. And we've been following this story really since the MLK 50 and uh, Together for the Gospel uh, uh, conference, you know, where this, is, this all kind of started snowballing and just, fa- just found it astonishing because my background is uh, both, I have, a, I have a foot in the evangelical world where I really was, you know, uh, brought into the church through the Southern Baptist, which I'm grateful for. I was baptized there and then uh, got into ministry uh, really in that that realm of evangelicalism and then really fell away from the faith and went into more of the liberal mainstream uh, iterations of the church in America, uh, where I learned all about, uh, you know, postmodern critical theory, liberation theology, and then this MLK 50 thing hit, and especially the Together for the Gospel Conference, not, not this past year, but the year before, uh, where this was really a hot topic, and I came across this, and I was like, it just it just struck me, and I said, something really nefarious is going on here, so I started started following it, started writing articles about it in, in the Federalist, and I'm just uh, really... Uh, astonished at uh, the involvement, the uh, the attempt to incorporate some of these ideas that that I've learned at Claremont that I know are uh, putting the best uh, construction I can on it. Uh, disingenuous, they 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 really are. They're they're not uh, means by which to help anybody, but to further a political agenda. So really, so really, my background is what brought me into this this whole conversation. I'm not. I'm. I'm a Lutheran now. I'm a. I'm an, uh, an Orthodox, conservative, liturgical Lutheran in the LCMS. I don't have a. I don't have a dog in this fight or anything else. But it was uh, really amazing to see Southern Baptists, especially re- uh, Reformed Southern Baptists, start to go this route. So I started to investigate, and that's that's really where we are today. Well, that's one of the reasons I wanted to get your take on this because you are coming at this as someone who writes for the Federalist. So you're coming at it from a political direction, but someone who understands neo-Orthodox theology and postmodernism and some of these things that um, are driving the social justice movement. And so um, I, I always think it's great uh, to get, well, not always, but it's, <laughs> it's usually great to get an outside perspective on something. Sure. So uh, yeah. Now, now the people who uh, support me and my work uh, in this regard haven't heard from me in a few weeks. And uh, so we're going to have a little fun for just a minute. Sure. Um, I was on vacation. I, I was actually doing um, a combination of things. I was on a few different trips. But one of the things last week was uh, my wife and I went to California. And I don't know if you knew this. I'm actually from California. I'm, I'm from Los Angeles uh, originally. Uh, though I grew up in upstate New York, and now I'm uh, on an undisclosed location in a bunker in the American South, <laughs> the impending doom. Uh, yep. <laughs> anyway, um, I uh, I just wanted to share. So so uh, for those who support me, um, this is uh, th- these are the nice pictures. I'm gonna 
blow this up so people can see a little better. Uh, we went to uh, the Chasta area. That's the Chasta Dam in the bottom left. And then uh, top left is the hike we did in Lassen National Park uh, to the peak. And then um, that's Bernie Falls on the right, all Northern California, all beautiful. And I don't know, Matthew, have you been to California? I have. I used to live there, actually. Yep. Oh, well, where did you live? Right. Well, that was, uh, so, L, you know, LA, Orange County area. That's, you know, that's where Claremont School of Theology is. That's right. That's right. Yep. And so we, we were there for about three years and, and I got to study theology on the, uh, on the hairy left edge of Methodism. So, <laughs> yeah. Right on. So, so, you know, California is an absolutely beautiful state run by absolutely crazy people. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. And, yep. and, and so, so here's, here's the thing I was going to uh, share. And I don't, did you ever go to San Francisco when you were there or? We did. Yeah. Now this was about a decade ago and San Francisco was great. Then it was beautiful. Everything was, you know, in, in pretty good shape, but it uh, looks like, holy cow, what the heck is that? Yeah. yeah. So, so this is the rental car that we had and uh, oh, no. this, we parked uh, around, it was near Chinatown, but we were parked next to a bank. It seemed like, you know, a fairly secure area. And, um, yeah, so, um, we, we're not used to this, uh, being where we're from, uh, now and, and where, uh, California's changed. I'll put it that way. But my wife, I, I think she kind of put her bag like under the, the front of the seat, uh, like a carry on bag and, uh, it had her purse in it. And, um, so someone just smashed the window, stole the purse and, uh, and that was our first day of uh, vacation <laughs> and uh, I put mercy. a little bit of a, a damper on things. But I was going to say this, you know, I was explaining to her a little bit because um, I, I, I had heard some things about San Francisco and, and kind of what's going on there lately with the homeless problem and everything else. Right. And um, since I, and I had been through there before, but since I had, had been through there, they've raised the minimum wage to it's like 15 bucks an hour now. Right. Uh, I mean, taxes are out of control. The gasoline I was paying, I think, I don't even, I'm trying to remember now, it was like close to uh, four bucks a gallon. Um, I know. Um, the, uh, the radio, when we were coming into San Francisco, uh, there was a story that someone had stolen a, quote, assault rifle, uh, some criminal from a police vehicle. And so some politician, some local politician was saying, we need to have legislation to make sure that police don't have those kinds of weapons so that criminals can't steal them. That was the common sense <laughs> that we heard as we drove in. And, and I was just thinking, oh, yeah. I don't want to be in this place. And, and, yeah. but, but the homelessness wow. is out of control. It's just uh, the, the nice areas of town. People are defecating in the streets. And we saw this. And uh, so wow. um, that's, that's uh, I, you know, I, I said, learn, we got to learn the lesson well. This is the, the brave new world. Yeah. This is uh, what's happening. And uh, right. we, we want to keep the rest of the country from being California if we can, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. No good grief. That's unbelievable. I know. I know. I just, uh, <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> beautiful parts of California still, if, if you sure. want to go there, just make sure you have a ton of cash to pay for gas. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. So, um, so, so switching gears now, let's get into the, uh, the, the thick of it. Um, th this is what happened. That's what happened to me. This is what happened this week though. Uh, if you can see that there, there's a documentary, uh, by founders ministries called by what standard and a trailer was released. I think it was Tuesday, of uh, mm -hmm. this, this, uh, week. Uh, did you see this Matthew? I did. Yeah, I did watch the trailer. What did you think? Uh, uh, I thought it was relatively inoffensive, just, you know, a documentary that uh, I think is very needed with the, with the Southern Baptists right now to just really come out and, and warn folks about what, what they're getting themselves into. Because, 
uh, I, I interviewed Pastor Tom Buck for my Federalist piece, and we both agreed that the, the overwhelming majority of Southern Baptists are really ignorant when it comes to what critical theory is, what's behind it, what drives it, uh, and where it eventually leads, which is that those pictures you showed me of uh, San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. um, and and so, so I thought it was fairly innocuous, but then um, all of a sudden I'm in an argument with somebody on Twitter by the name of Melissa, Melissa Moore, I think was her name. Um, and unbeknownst to me, that's Beth Moore's daughter. And um, got into it with uh, a couple of folks over why, you know, because I was, I was just asking, what's, what's offensive about this? Because I, I was curious when I saw this come, I kind of come across my feed. I was like, oh, they did, is the documentary out? Because there was all this criticism about it. And there, and uh, finally, I got the information. Oh no, no, it was just the trailer. And I said, the, the trailer. I said, do you have a link to the trailer? And um, the the people on this thread wouldn't link. To, no, I'm. We're not linking to the trailer. So I had to go dig up the trailer for myself and watch the trailer. And I'm kind of like, okay, this just sounds like you know, uh, common people who who have some background in this just trying to inform other Southern Baptists about what's going on. I can't really see what the big brouhaha over a trailer would be. Um, and I, and I just saw no, no, no personal attacks, no, um, calling out of any certain individuals, you know, and, and I guess evidently Melissa was really frustrated because she felt like it was personally attacking her mom. And I, you know, I just didn't see that. I, you know, I, I didn't see it personally attacking anybody. What I, what I saw was, uh, something that was trying to inform fellow Southern Baptists about what was, what was being, uh, you know, kind of put forth and promulgated as, as something useful uh, in, in the Southern Baptist Convention when in fact it is very, very dangerous. Right. Um, so, so I'm, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm in full support. I've never seen Pastor Askell or Pastor Buck or anybody associated with founders uh, um, uh, uh, slander or besmirch anybody's name. Uh, they, they are not attacking. I've never seen them attack people. And that's, that's really what I, the the, uh, the the sticky mess I got myself in on Twitter a couple of days ago was people were saying, well, oh, you know, founders, you know, has always gone, you know, they're, they're going after, you know, Beth Moore, they're going after this person, they're going after that person. And I just said, show me some evidence of that. And that's when, you know, you get radio silence is when you ask for evidence. So, so uh, yeah. you know, I, I watched it and it, it, it seemed to me uh, that there was kind of a distinction between good guys and bad guys. Like they, they put a kind of okay. a dark... I don't know, some filter on the film or, the, you know, the, they edited it to show, okay, these are the guys that, and Beth Moore was one of them that it seemed like, okay, she, she's maybe not one of the good guys forwarding this bad theology, which is okay. true. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, Al Mohler um, was, was portrayed as a good guy. I was, um, I was thinking that some of the guys that uh, have been criticized for at, at, at best allowing social justice to continue on their seminary campuses or, promoting it, uh, that they were going to kind of get a pass. That's what I thought it might, might be that. I, I mean, none of us have seen this documentary, though, so who knows? Right. It's just a trailer. But right. uh, the very fact that it seemed to be negative um, about uh, these ideas and attaching these ideas like critical race theory, intersectionality, um, right. and so forth uh, to individuals who are actually forwarding these ideas, that, 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 was, that was a bridge too far. And, and I don't know if you saw this, but... Uh, here was the reaction from the top, well, these are the four seminary presidents in the SBC, and it, it, it almost looks coordinated. 
I mean, um, it, it was kind of like all around the same time they reacted to this documentary that they were all featured in. And it's just their words. It's just them being interviewed, their words. And um, I'm going to read some clips from this. Al Mohler um, says that uh, some respected SBCs were rep uh, SBC leaders were represented in a way that alarmed him and that you know, he wants something that's respectful and honest. So he's saying this is disrespectful and dishonest, is what he's saying. Uh, facing right. Keith Allen at Midwestern, uh, this is uncharitable and unhelpful. Uh, you know, we need to engage with clarity and charity. So they, they didn't do that at Founders. Uh, Danny Aiken had a full statement. He doesn't want to be included in this film. Uh, kind of the same thing. Adam Greenway, same thing. And, and all four have this narrative that this is divisive. This is unnecessarily dividing Southern Baptists and uh, Founders is the, to blame for this. Um, and, and so what, what did you, I don't know if you saw these, but now you do. What do you think of that argument that's being put out there by these elites in the Southern Baptist Convention that this is divisive and that's why it needs to be shut down? Well, um, yeah, I, I got I to admit, I'm, I, I've been, I'm taken off guard by uh, especially Dr. Moeller's tweet. Um, that, that's what has concerned me from the beginning of this whole thing was you know where where's dr Mueller gonna fall on this and it seemed like with his comments about resolution nine on the briefing following the convention it looked like okay they're gonna they're gonna be okay dr Mueller's gonna hold this together but then i see that tweet and i so i i, I don't even know i i just don't have the words uh because it, if if, so, if a man like Dr. Moeller can't come down on this with, with clarity and understand that something needs to be said about this forthrightly, um, yeah, I just, I just don't, I'm very, very concerned. And, and again, you know, I'm a Lutheran, but, um, but I'm concerned, I'm, I'm, in, in some ways, I'm very concerned about my own denominations in many respects that don't have anything to do with the topic we're discussing now. But I'm very concerned about uh, the Roman Catholics um, with their sex scandals. Uh, you know, whether whether we want to admit it or not, conservative Catholics are our allies. You know, up until we get to, up until we start talking about salvation. But when we're talking about um, social issues, health, and so forth, yeah. right? The health and well-being of our country, homosexual uh, or uh, Roman Catholics are our allies, and Southern Baptists, same thing. And what, what is happening is, is the, Catholic, the Roman Catholics are going down over the sex scandal and um, the, the Southern Baptists are not only plagued by a sex scandal, but now this, and we can't get the uh, iconic conservative leader of the Southern Baptists, which is Dr. Al Mohler, to come down on this and say, this is my position right, right now, here and now. Um, and I just, and it sounds, it, from that tweet, it sounds like he's condemning the founder's video uh, based on a trailer, which is, that just, that makes zero sense to me. I, I, wait for, at least wait for the documentary to come out. Right. Uh, but, but yet here he is condemning it in a, in a, in a tweet. Can you read that tweet one more time? For, I mean, it, yeah, I, yes, folks. Uh, well, this is, it was a series of, there was like three of them, but the, the relevant information okay. in the first one. Yes, folks, I have now seen the Founders Ministry video trailer, and I am alarmed at how some respected SBC leaders are represented. 
Southern Baptists expect and deserve a respectful and honest exchange of ideas. I'm convinced we are capable of this. So that's okay. What said. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. So I, yeah, I just don't, I just don't know what to say about, about that. Um, you, yeah. One yeah, of the so, things that occurred to me is that, you know, you've had MLK 50, you've had revoice and revoice, by the way, the guy who organized that was, you know, he was an, uh, I don't know if he was an adjunct or I think he was an adjunct, but he was teaching at Southern and he was a graduate of Southern, right. uh, Nate Collins. And, um, you know, so, so you've had that, you've had uh, Chandler going, he was in a media um, video saying how those who uh, went, voted for Trump in the SBC, he said negative things about them. Um, I mean, I could go on and on about all the, the weird social justice stuff that's gone on in the SBC. And it seems like Al Mohler hasn't said much about much of it, uh, right. silence. But then this two-minute trailer that... I mean, it's not even the movie. It's just the trailer. It's like, boom, the wagons are circled. And I think that's the alarming thing. It, it's it's uh, what they said is alarming. You know, I'm using his word alarming. But what, right. what the reaction, the, the imbalance of the reaction, that we're going to react to this, uh, this stuff, the conservatives, so right. strongly, but we're going to let the left get away with all kinds of crazy things and we're not going to say much about it. Right. And, right. And, and that just, you know, who, critical race theory, intersectionality are by nature divisive. That's what they are. They divide yep. humans into categories. And then to, to claim that founders is being divisive when you've not said a, really hardly anything about these ideologies making inroads, that's weird to me. It seems, it seems like hypocritical. What do you think? Yeah, no, that's, I think that's exactly right. I mean, it reminds me of, of how Twitter bans people. Twitter, if you don't, and used to and and to use a uh, uh, you know a Soviet line. If you don't toe the party line on Twitter, um, you're you're going to be banned. But I mean, if, right. if you if you're in an argument with someone who who's a man who's claiming to be a woman, and you're calling them out on that, we saw that with Lindsey Shepard here this past week. I don't, I'm not sure if, if anybody. I'm not familiar with that one. No. Yeah. So anyway, she's, she's, she's a Canadian. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I did see that. I did see that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so this man was, was brutalizing her. So you had this man um, just, you know, calling Lindsay Shepard, who's a woman, all of these terrible things on Twitter. And right. yet when she calls him out for being a man, she's the one that gets banned. See, and that's, that's what I, that's, that's the thing I see going on here is that it's like, um, on, on, you know, one, one side of it has all this latitude and on, on the other side, you know, any little misstep. So even, even if, the, even if some, some of that trailer kind of marked out good guys and bad guys, which I did not perceive, I watched the trailer, it seemed perfectly innocent to me. Just, Hey, it's a documentary trailer. Hey, we're going to put this out folks. Get ready to watch it. And for all hell to, excuse me, for all, you know, for all this stuff to blow up over a, a trailer. It's like, wait, wait a second, How, you know, um, you, the, all, the, all these assumptions being made about the motives of Pastor Askell and, and Founders Ministry putting out this, uh, this documentary before they've even seen it, assigning all of this, you know, again, so we Lutherans, we, we call, well, it's, um, it's the, the Protestant Ninth Commandment, but it's our Eighth Commandment, you know, you, you shall not bear false testimony, and, and Martin Luther defines that as, um, putting the best construction on your interlocutor's argument. That is to say, 
you look at your your opponent's argument and you say, okay, what is he really? So this whole idea of steel manning was invented by Martin Luther <laughs> uh, to say that we're going to look at some, we're going to look at the other side's argument. And we're going to try to say, hey, what is the real intention behind their argument? And right. what are they trying to do here? And none of that was done with this trailer. Yeah. Uh, it was just a bunch of assumptions. It was a bunch of blame assigning. It's, it's it, you know, and for Dr. Mueller to, to participate in this is extremely disappointing because I admire him and I, and I've always been, yeah, I've always liked him. And, and I, I yeah, I just, that, that was shocking. Yeah. I didn't know about that tweet. So yeah, you're, you're like many of us, we, we feel either confused, disheartened. Uh, I mean, I, I put out a tweet that I was just like, I can't see how to defend him because it just seems like no. you have to be on the other side of the social justice debate or at least running cover for them if that's the way you're going to react to this. So um, now uh, I wanted to um, talk a little bit about uh, the ninth commandment uh, of the SBC, or not the ninth, we just talked about the ninth, the 11th commandment, right. we call it, right? <laughs> right. 11th commandment. Yep. Uh, thou shalt not criticize a Southern Baptist. And there, there was um, a guy on Facebook, or Twitter rather, uh, he's probably on Facebook too, Trey Mays, um, who has a blog at truthdispatch.com. And he wrote this whole thing um, on Matthew 23. And uh, he, he talks about kind of how the, the SBC elites, in his mind, are characterized by Matthew 23. And I'm not going to read his whole Twitter thread, he has like three reasons for it. But one of the things that stood out to me was this 11th commandment. And he says um, that, uh, I'll just read this for you. He says, liberalism has an 11th commandment, which is the unwritten rule that unbiblically imposes on people within the same religious tribe an effeminate silence to maintain the respectability in the chief seats at the conferences, denominations, and local churches. Uh, and he quotes Matthew 23, 6. It effectively states, thou shalt not criticize. And they love the place uh, of honor, peace, and the best seats in the synagogue. Is that the verse? Yeah, they love the place of honor, banquets, chief seats in the synagogues, respectful greetings in the marketplace, uh, and be called rabbi by men. And, and uh, so, so Trey Mays is trying to make this connection and say that that is what was going on in the, uh, in the elites and their reaction to this. And I remember when I was at Southeastern, um, I remember going through a situation there, and I – open my Bible to Matthew, Matthew 23. And I read that passage and it came to life for me. And I thought, this is exactly what we're dealing with. This is the good old boys club. This is, um, you know, we, we want unity that does not hurt our position. We don't want criticism because it will hurt our position. We want the money coming from the pews and the money coming from leftist organizations. We want book deals. We don't want the media to run a hit piece on us. Yep. So, that's kind of the attitude I saw. And this was underground mostly. This just wasn't talked about. And I think this week is so pivotal because it went public. Everyone yeah. can see now you dare to step out of line a little bit and criticize, even if it's slight, you, the hammer will come down on you. Right. So I don't know if the Lutheran right. church has an, has an 11th commandment like that, but the SBC. Uh, is, is, oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. Lutherans, Lutherans. Well, we have kind of the opposite problem. We have more, we, I have, and this is one of my issues that I spend time confessing to, to the Lord, uh, you know, in, 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 is, is the breaking of the eighth commandment, ninth commandment, the, you know, not, not slandering people because we Lutherans fight. We, we are known for fighting. Oh, just like Martin Luther. <laughs> yeah. 
Right. Yep, absolutely. So we have different problems, but we still have our problems. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, again, I, I, that's, that is really something that, that you put the SBC 11th commandment in that category because um, it's, it's a situation where, um, so, and maybe this is a stretch, uh, because what always connects things for me with just popular evangelicalism in general, um, and especially with the SBC, you know, having experienced them to an extent when I was in college, um, what is this whole idea of synergism? So, in other words, um, we, in, in in order to win people to Christ, we have to appeal to the culture, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, if if the convention is moving in a direction that is popular with the culture, a la this, you know, uh, the this social justice warrior movement, you know, critical theory, even though no. Again, I, I completely agree with Pastor Buck that that ninety nine percent of people don't have a clue what this is. But if it's going to bring, if it's going to make us look good in the eyes of the media, if it's going to uh, bring people, uh, you know, into our church, if it's going to have them darken the door of our thresholds, then let's do it. And plus right. that, um, there's, I think, I, I am convinced there's this collective guilt in the SBC that wants to wants to atone for its own sin they they uh of racism yeah. and you just cannot do that and that that's the thing that gets me in the most trouble with my friends like kyle j howard when i talk about can is there forgiveness here and you know and, and then, then that gets placed in the category oh well you just want to forget history no we don't want to forget history we just realize we cannot atone for our own sins we need the lord jesus christ to come down and be born in the from a virgin, a poor virgin, into this world, live, te live, teach, die, uh, be crucified, and rise from the dead in order to atone from sin. We cannot atone for our own sin. Amen. Amen. Um, and I just, and that that's the thing that I feel like is being asked of of of, of uh, denominations like the Southern Baptist Convention is to atone for their own sin. And right. so when any when anything about race comes up, and when you have a, a have a have a black man. Um, getting up and presenting a resolution where he is affirming something like critical race theory as an analytical tool, then of course the convention is going to vote overwhelmingly for something like that because they're, they are trying to redeem their, they're doing two things. They're trying to look attractive to the world so they, they have converts. And that's based on, I, I am convinced, a synergistic um, uh, Pelagianism. And then B, they're trying to atone for their own sin. And neither one of those things is biblical orthodoxy. And you're going to, you're, they are, this is, this is bad stuff. I, I mean, I've seen the SBC go through a lot. I'm just, I'm just thinking this might be it, especially with a guy like Al Mohler kind of just hanging out on the sidelines, you know, doing what he's doing, vacillating back and forth between who knows what here. So yeah, anyway. I, I tend to, I, I agree. I think you're right. I think that there, there's this push that you just described and the founders ministries kind of said, well, wait a minute, we're not on board with that. And we'd like to educate pastors and pew sitters uh, right. about the theological ramifications of this and boom, not no bueno, <laughs> like don't go there. And right. Right. That it's done at that point. It's just done. If, if you can't have even a respected person like Tom Askell, who has been respected for years in the SBC, um, step right. out of line a little bit, then it, there, I don't see how you take the convention back. So right. be interesting to right. see what happens. Now, uh, one final thing I wanted to, uh, 
to go through here. Uh, this is kind of, uh, can you see that? Uh, oh, hold on. There we go. At Union Seminary uh, tweet, social justice is not extra. Social justice is the gospel. And uh, that was yesterday, but today that's kind of been uh, the talk of the town and uh, on Twitter. And um, I, I was curious, just for my own sake, I said, you know what, I, I, I'm just wondering how many people actually believe this, that social justice is the gospel. Like, they're, they're literally the same thing, or included, like you're so close that it's, you, you can't separate the two. And so I just you know, did a search, it only took me like 15, 20 minutes on Twitter, I just searched, typed in social justice is the gospel. Here's what I came up with, and I'm not going to read all of these, but we got people from all over the world, interdenominational, Catholics, Protestants of various stripes, saying pretty much that exact phrase, social justice is the gospel. And uh, I mean, you can even just freeze the screen if you're watching and start reading these tweets from different people, some of them laymen, some of them more uh, in the leadership. Um, uh, here's some of them, uh, guy on the left, I believe, runs a, a podcast, um, some of the, you know, different levels of influence, but all saying that social justice movement, it's woven into the gospel, um, that, uh, you know, those, I mean, here's one from a guy that's saying that people who don't believe that are on the wrong side of history and judgment. So he, they're saying that, yeah. <laughs> some of these people are saying, we have a different gospel. They're admitting it. Um, here's one, I'm going to read this quote, social justice is not the totality of the gospel, but the gospel. So he's saying social justice is the gospel without a commitment to neighbor, mercy, justice, and the common good, AKA social justice is not a faithful gospel. And there's Dwight McKissick, who's a prominent pastor in the Southern Baptist convention saying, amen. Amen. Wow. Um, here's another, there's a, a, I believe she's from Australia. Um, a, a reverend, I'm not sure what denomination, but saying the same thing. She's, she's a follower of the gospel of love, which is social justice. Um, if social justice threatens your gospel, you have you don't have the gospel, and and so so I'm just like I'm, this is only from like you know, not even I mean that the oldest one probably here is from May, uh, but it's just like you know first second page uh, I guess I, I probably went to the second page of Twitter just to pull these things out when I searched that, and um and and so I, I wanted to sort of I, I'm I'm working towards the point I'm going to make and I want to get your reaction, but yeah uh, this is the last thing here so this is the the provost at southern um baptist theological seminary where al moeller is the president uh, matt hall and uh this is an article a few years ago he put out but he said um I, i'm gonna here's a quote this is after one of the one of the police shootings he said we desperately need uh churches to see what christ would require of us when we see black boys and men gunned down in ways that bear evidence of a racialized double standard in our communities here's the thing reconciliation is the center of the gospel and so, so what he's saying there, I'm just going to interpret real quick, because the whole article is just white people this, white people that, this is how white people think. And, and he makes this argument for racial reconciliation as he defines it. And he's saying that that's part of the gospel. You have to, that, that is the gospel. The, my, his version of racial reconciliation, which is part of social justice, um, that is the gospel. Al Mohler is on the campus with this guy. I don't remember seeing Al Mohler. I mean, I, I couldn't find anything where Al Mohler is contradicting this narrative, uh, saying anything ag against it. He's not, um, these guys apparently aren't divisive in the minds of the elites in the Southern Baptist Convention. It's only the guys like Askell who are divisive. And, and, and here's the key, the key thing I want to get your reaction to and see if you agree with me. Social justice movement and 
our movement, which you biblical justice, I guess. Um, some people call it the social justice contras, but these two movements have different gospels. And it's not me who's saying it. It's everyone I just quoted. They're all saying that you don't have the gospel unless you have social justice. You have to have that. So if that's an essential element, then you are admitting the other side is saying you don't have the gospel. We don't. So if if that's true, they started a division because this is a new movement in the Southern Baptist Convention and in Christianity as a whole. They, They started a movement that is dividing people and none of these elites in the convention spoke up against it that I can tell. But immediately when someone says, hold on, that's divisive. We need to get back to the gospel. And I, and that's what I think Askell was trying to do. There's a true unity around by what standard, the title, the, the God, uh, his word it's hammer them. That is so revealing when you look at it through that perspective. What do do you think about what I'm selling you right now? No, that's, that's you're, you're spot on because that's, that's how the the postmodern sleight of hand works. It it, it introduces things that seem to be um, congruent with something and it, and it, uh, you know, a particular platter upon which postmodern lies can be served is by, by twisting scripture and making it mean basically whatever you want it to mean. That, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what postmodernism does. That's, that's what, that's what uh, post-structural literary criticism does. It says the author has no say in this thing. The only person that has the say in what a text means is what the, the subject says the text means. And so um, when, you, when you apply that to Holy Scripture and when you elevate one's lived experience, and this is postmodern lingo, lived experience above reality, and you overlay that on something like Holy Scripture, and then you deliver it on, a, on that platter, you make it sound good to a denomination that is, that is guilt-ridden by their past racism who's trying to redeem itself while all looking good to the public. That's precisely what's happening here, and that's what's happening to the SBC. And and I I don't know where Mueller stands on this. I mean, he's a smart man, uh, but but uh, but what's what's he going to do? Is he is he going to come out again? So so the, so this notion of who's who is actually being divisive here is it precisely the issue because when you introduce this sort of thing. And, um, and then somebody pushes back against it, and then they're, they're labeled as the bad guys. That is the postmodern move. Because what, you know, what Askell and, and founders and men like Tom Buck, you, me, what we're being labeled as is, is racists, right? You, right? you are essentially telling us that we're breaking the, the fifth command, the sixth command. We're murderers because we hate our brother in his heart just because of his skin color. That's what we are because we stand against this sort of thing. And so uh, by, by it's, uh, they've played this thing beautifully. And I don't think, um, I, I think, I, I'm, I don't know. I think you guys are sunk. Do you have, you have some uh, like room in the Lutheran church for? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, uh, yeah, absolutely. But, um, but you have to believe in the efficaciousness yeah, of the, uh, of the sacraments. That's, that's the only problem. Well, but that, that, that's the thing. That's the thing that ultimately attracted, uh, attracted me to Luther, the Lutheran faith was the sacraments, but, but that we can talk yeah, about. Yeah. Talk yeah. About so that. I mean, we would have theological differences and, and yeah. that might, but, but the thing is, you know, the, this is so fundamental and we both can see it. We're both in different yeah. denominations and we can see that this would destroy any version of Christianity out there. Forget absolutely. about even Christianity, Christian dumb. I mean, yeah. I'm including Catholics and Eastern Orthodox, and, and it just destroys any of it. Yeah, I, that I is, and that's see, that's the thing that people that 
I'm convinced people don't get or they want to ignore what I don't know what it is. But listen, when I was at Claremont, don't don't think that mainline denominations or people that go to liberal seminaries like Union or Claremont or anywhere else are out there trying to promote a quote true version of Christianity. Right. That is not their agenda. Their agenda is to destroy Christianity. Right. That they they are on a seek and destroy mission and they are using the tools of post post uh, structuralism, postmodernism to destroy Christianity. That is their aim. And so when denominations start importing these things thinking that oh they're just analytical tools, that that just blows my mind. That is not the agenda of these people. Furthermore, what really breaks my heart about this entire thing, and I told uh, Melissa Moore this, and she didn't respond, but I said, I said, what really breaks my heart about this whole thing is that th you guys have driven this thing into a philosophical discussion, all while boys without fathers in Chicago are shooting themselves. Yeah, That's what breaks my heart about all this. And you guys are acting like you're, you know, you're the, you've got the moral high ground and all this. No, what <laughs> it just, uh, it's, it's, it's incredibly yeah. frustrating because that's the thing is that's, that's what made me want to be a liberal is because mm -hmm. I thought they had more compassion. And then when I got in there and found out that it's not about taking that poor boy without a father and teaching him the ways of manhood and teaching him the path of Christ and lifting him out of poverty. When I learned that's not what it was about, that those people were really just pawns in this whole game. That's when I was like, no, I'm done with this. I'm, right. I've got to find something else to do. And that's exactly what's going on here. That is what cr critical theory is not meant to do anything for anybody other than forward a political agenda. And that's, what's being missed here. It's Amen. not going to help Amen. anybody. So, yeah, I'm glad you made that point. Yeah, it's happening in all denominations, and uh, I'm glad you're keeping an eye on it and trying to hold the fort down uh, in the in on the Federalist and the Lutheran Church and yeah. uh, your website um, in layman's terms, right? Uh, yeah, wanna... In layman's terms, yep. In layman's terms, radio dot org. Yep. yep. So, uh, so, so maybe you have some info now if you want to do a Federalist article about this latest well, development. I may, I, may ha I may have to, you know, I didn't know Al Mohler tweeted that. Is that still up? Did, did oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You can go find it. Um, I mean, it's not just, those are just the four guys that I thought we'll focus on. It's like tons of SBC yeah. entities uh, are, you know, getting the long knives out. And uh, so it, it's, it's quite the blow up. Um, may even be bigger than, than Resolution 9, to be quite honest with you. It's just very wow. revealing because it's exposed the 11th commandment to everyone, and we can see exactly what's going on. So, um, but keep, keep holding down the fort. Uh, let, let, let's, yeah. uh, let, let's lighten the mood here. I know <laughs> we... <laughs> right. let's, uh, so, so I'm going to ask you um, a, a personal question. Uh, what is your um, favorite food? My favorite favorite food you're on vacation right now you can eat I'm on vacation want. and yeah. we're getting ready we're getting ready to go out and eat cajun oh cajun so food. you're in texas right so cajun we're in texas yeah oh yeah we're, we're we're down here we're in the bayou more or less we're in houston so um my favorite food would probably be a toss-up between uh you know a nice platter of crab legs and a gigantic bowl of crawfish i'm into shellfish so I, w I wouldn't have passed. I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have survived as an ethnic Jew very long. <laughs> <laughs> I, ho I hope you get some barbecue while you're down there too. Oh, and barbecues. Barbecues great too. I mean, there's just. Uh, yeah, I, I love food. Let's just, you know just rank it up there. I always tell Jen. You know, I tell anybody that meets me. You know, oh, what's your name again? And it's like, does it matter? 
call me whatever you want. Just don't call me late to dinner. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm with so, you. Uh, yeah, man. I wish yeah. I wish I had a recommendation for you in Houston. I um I just I haven't been there in in a while, so I don't know of any good restaurants. But uh, I hope you find well, a good. Well, you honestly, yeah, you honestly can't miss in Houston. You walk outside your door, go to Whataburger. I mean, it's beautiful. Oh yeah, that's true. That's a <laughs> Texas yeah. thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they the food in Texas is just amazing. Well, it's I go amazing. into depression when we leave California because I mean, In and Out is, in my opinion, yeah. that's the best burger yeah. joint. Uh, no question. Yep. Oh, you're, we're in agreement on that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's heresy. If you, I mean, who was it? Someone the other day. Someone, I, I had an In-N-Out burger. I just didn't think much of it, and I just, I was like, we can't be friends. I don't even know what to do. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, yeah. Right. <laughs> anyway, yeah, all right. Well, God bless yeah, you. Keep doing what you're doing, and uh, talk to you later. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Thank you. I know. Yep. yep. Take care. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.